0: Hello, and welcome to Enough Wicker, a podcast where our socks always slip down inside our shoes as we discuss the greatest television show of all time, The Golden Girls. I'm Lauren. And I'm Sarah. And today we're tackling the 125th episode in the series, The Mangia Cavallo Curse Makes a Lousy Wedding Present.
1: And so that's the reason my socks keep slipping down? We're cursed?
0: It is a curse, man. You ever been (laughs) out in the rain when that happens? Oh oh man
1: too funny 125 that's that's a nice uh little round number there it's a milestone um
0: yeah exactly a big milestone that's really cool
1: um i love this one this one's excellent
0: yeah this is a great one i think this is one that's probably frequently in people's top list um it was actually we mentioned it in our starter kit for how to start watching the golden girls i think it's a great um it's great for someone who is new to the show too i think it's Really yeah. funny. It's got a lot of wacky storylines. Um, Rose is <laughs> dealing with the libido issue. You know, like it's got a whole lot of stuff going on.
1: Yeah, and it's got it's got good St. Olaf like stories. It's got a good Sicilian, obviously the Sicilian underpinning. Uh, you know, and the curse and like right, so, the curse. So, sort of Sophia's background, as well as like really good like emotional storyline with like the Blanche and Dorothy constant you know, friendship fight. <laughs> that they yeah. It's have.
0: like real deep seated <laughs> stuff. It's real resentment, yeah. which I think is actually reflective of like a long-term relationship and Blanche and Dorothy are such a great pairing. Like this reminds me of, oh, um, so uh, what's it called? The one where the piano bar, of course, um, yes. like also in our starter kit journey. to the. Yeah. Podcast. Yeah. Their stuff is so deep and it's comes up over and over again like even when um Elliot makes the pass up Blanche you know like this whole dynamic of this it's very sisterly I feel like this kind of tension and this sort of repeated themes of conflict that come up between the two of them um and it's really like it's pretty funny how it's expressed in this in the bathroom but um it definitely follows like a long-term theme with them which is yeah. it's great I love when a relationship between two of the girls is highlighted
1: yeah and I mean it's so funny that you bring up Journey to the center of attention because as you know that's one of my top three um moments uh, Golden Girls episodes really and it's mostly because of the moment that they share that Blanche and um Dorothy share in the bathroom in that <laughs> in that episode where she goes, are you ever jealous of me? And Dorothy without looking at her and looking at, you know, putting her makeup on the mirror says every day of my life. Right. And it's yeah. So... And Blanche gives like a little smile and it's just, ah, it's just so perfectly female friendshipy just like the magenta moment like all they, these are the exact same moments that they keep having throughout the series to your point and like and you're right because it's you know we've discussed this before any long-term relationship like that you're gonna have the same types of issues that come up and you don't always just like neatly you know solve something in 23 minutes and never comes up again you know it's gonna <laughs> be <wish>. it's good <laughs> yeah i mean some things are like solved right but it's it's not typical right it's because your personalities are different and there's always going to be the same kind of edges. Um, so anyway, it's just it's it's really good and I'm very happy that they um that they have that story in this episode, which otherwise is just about an old Sicilian woman like cursing a guy from years ago.
0: Yeah. Um, I that's I really that's pretty good. Um on old Sicilian women, I took a couple semesters of Italian in college and um, well. <laughs> Well then. Uh, manja cavalo means I think it means horse eater or like eating horse. Um, so that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if like I mean, someone manja. Yeah, sense. right. Cavallo too. Interesting.
1: You know? So why
0: why? <laughs> why I don't know. Eater? Maybe it's like a like a subtle dig from the writers, like <laughs> you know, something like that. I may be named horse
1: eater, but I've got a summer home and uh, multiple houses. So um. a
0: multimillionaire in the nineties. Interesting. Oh my God.
1: Too (laughs) funny. Also, I I really just love that Manage Cavallo, much like, you know, Sophia came straight from Sicily, but has absolutely no accent.
0: None. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And not even a hint of Brooklyn or, yeah, it's, oh, it's really funny, (laughs) but, um, all right. So (laughs) Let's, let's start from the top here. Um, (laughs) I don't want to go. (laughs) (laughs) Also, I, you know, this has come up before, but just like this whole idea that like, you have to be coupled, you know, I mean, this, this came up when they all had the flu, right? Where it's like talking about having a date is like first and foremost of importance instead of your presence there. And you're just like, and it's not even like oh, I'm embarrassed I'm not in a relationship or have a boyfriend. No, it's just like having an escort. And this is like, you know, you're just like, even if it's a shithead.
0: Yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> like
1: Doug, which we'll get to, because he's totally a skeeve. But, um, it, you know, it, it doesn't matter. It's like, you have to be escorted. And it just, it feels like it harkens back to these days when like women were not allowed to be seen in public without a quote unquote escort, you know? and anyway, it pisses me off.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, I recently read something actually, um, I think it was in the Atlantic or something like that, that was like, let people bring plus ones to weddings who are not romantic, like let people bring a best, like a friend or something, which I also think makes total sense. Cause if you're at a wedding, especially like if you get invited to, you know, like a peripheral friend's wedding or a coworker's wedding or something where you might presumably be the only person, you know, besides the couple getting married, like some people can get over that and some people can, you know, they like that, but some some people that's really terrible for, like to be in a room full of people you don't know, you have to sit down at dinner, you have to dance. Like, why do you care if they're romantically linked to the person they bring to like, be their right, person to right. talk to during cocktail hour? You know, it's such an outdated thing. Um... And yeah,
1: like my only argument is only, and I'm only saying this because there was a person who is extremely shy and sheepish that was on my husband's side in our our wedding. That was like, I want to bring like somebody else to be like a friend. And we basically said no, because we couldn't afford it. Um, and yeah, (laughs) that's cool. But half of it was like, not half of it 90% of it for me was basically like learn to make friends with people we're all very friendly she also knew other people there so it wasn't a
0: big deal but yeah if you um, know people it's whatever but i just you know i guess my thought no, is no but like, i i understand i understand that exactly yeah right. and i get it like i i obviously understand how much that costs but i guess like <laughs> Just this idea, which I think goes back to like something that we have on enoughwicker.com. Also, um, another plug, which is like, why are romantic relationships the center of life? And, you know, we talked about this article that was like, what if friendship was? And we don't societally, I think, value friendship in the same way that we value romantic um, partnership at all. And like, like
1: that Atlantic article.
0: Exactly. Right. Yeah. But we should. And I guess like, that's the point is like, if your support person is in a romantic partner, like why is that any less valuable? Correct. Exactly. Um,
1: exactly. Well, I mean, talk about the whole fucking premise of this show, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. We're back to it.
1: Full circle. <laughs> way, to, way to bring a full circle. <laughs> No, I a thousand percent agree, and I yeah, I think it's like you know, man, this conversation is making me feel really guilty that I wasn't letting my uh, my husband's friend be a friend. But um,
0: I'm sure uh, she made friends. I I made many friends there. I'm sure she
1: Even if you hadn't been coupled, Lauren, you would have definitely made a lot of other friends.
0: Um, I did,
1: <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but yes. But anyway, so I think, yeah, I just uh, going back to this actual scene, it's just really it's just it's just sad that this has to be like some sort of validating, you know, situation or scenario and, you know, flashing flashing forward when like. actually at the wedding and Dorothy's like you know I am having a great time and it's like I guess because you have someone to dance with because the dancing is super formal I don't know it makes no sense to me also like don't like single people want to go to weddings and hook up sometimes I
0: I feel like yeah but I guess like I don't know there's so much pressure like her own goddaughter's wedding she doesn't have a date like (laughs) Yeah, I guess it's something like this. But I think this is actually an example of where like a prime example of where you don't actually need a date because you're all of your friends are going to your goddaughter's wedding. Yes, you have someone to
1: fucking talk to.
0: Right. Her goddaughter calls Blanche Aunt Blanche, which I have a lot, like, who is this oh, no. person? <laughs> I know, it's great. Many questions.
1: <laughs> oh, ma'am. I mean, you know, it's the exact same. She's probably in the same social circle as, as Mary. Who's yeah, it's Mary's... About. yeah cousin um, or something. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's Mary's cousin. But, um, you know, back when she used to come over all the time, um, I I think it is funny, too, that it's basically like, you know, how the social circles, circles are so small, particularly for certain groups of people where your, you know, appropriate partner is like only of a certain social type or group or whatever. So it's like, you know, they happen to have this like crazy connection with Magia Cavallo because the goddaughter's marrying, you know, I mean, it's like all of it is just really, really funny because it's like the smallest possible world. Like what are the odds in that, yeah, in that yeah. scenario, right? Because <laughs> they're in Florida. They're not like in New York or anywhere else. Anyway, very silly.
0: Yeah. Young Italians finding each other, I guess. <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. Oh my God.
1: But I really, so I really love the idea the idea again like Sophia has had so many past suitors in, yeah in Sicily um but I of course like the idea of a curse and having all these like you know the slow acting curse all these like ridiculous a false these, sense
0: of security for the last right? 70 years yeah yes,
1: exactly exactly <laughs> but I love the uh may you be sterile and may all your offspring be sterile yes so funny <laughs> it's the kind of joke like I did not get when I was a kid but like you know like a little little kid watching this and then just when it finally got the joke it's really fucking funny
0: <laughs> yeah it's really it's really good it's so great when Sophia like what she does I think with like this false sense of security for 70 years and like yeah, after yeah. Dorothy talks about how successful he's been like she just doesn't doesn't matter like she lives in her own yeah. like reality and she sort of refuses to accept it in a way that is like yeah. Like may all your offspring be sterile. <laughs> it's So good. The delivery is so great. Oh God.
1: It is. Speaking of living in your own world. Uh,
0: I love that. You know what your trouble is? Of course not. No.
1: <laughs> it's an incredible delivery. And like, the thing that you have to love about Blanche, even when she's at her most vain is that she is just completely unapologetic for who she is.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like she's like also, you know, like at the beginning, at least like, she's not even mincing words. Like, she's like, I'm not going to give you my top guys. I'll give you any of the B list, you know, like, and that's who she is. You're right. Like it's totally authentic. And like, that's why we love her
1: (laughs) exactly but what's funny is that you know as we see first of all you're like watching this scene and you're like fine just let let her have a good dude what are you talking about
0: doug (laughs) oh hold on you cut out oh god where'd you go yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? I'm right
1: here. Yeah, nothing happened on my end. What happened? Oh, no, you
0: cut out after you said, um, after, just <laughs> start again. <laughs>
1: start the start the Blanche
0: part again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. From like, uh, t- talking about Doug, basically. Oh, okay, gotcha.
1: So you're watching this scene in the scene in the beginning, right? And, you know, she's so hesitant to give somebody from her A- A-list. But like, once you meet Doug, you understand <laughs> because... Doug is a total skis. And you, you know, like he goes after Dorothy. And then of course, after Rose, who so like, right. realize that it's not just like, oh, I don't even want you to like mingle with the guys. I know it's because I know they'll go for you. And then that muddies the waters, right? <laughs> like it's like right. it's supposed to be just preserved for me kind of thing where it's like, I don't know. It, it's funny. Cause it's like, it, it just, it seems obvious when you see it like actually happen but when they're having this discussion it just seems even more selfish than usual for blanche yeah
0: very (laughs) much so it's really funny and this is like a classic storyline that would never work if blanche were a man like if genders were reversed like oh i would never even be interested in that you know like when she's talking about her a-list and her b-list like it's only funny because you're objectifying men
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly exactly it's really fascinating (laughs) Oy. um. so let's talk about Rose's horn horniness
0: <laughs> oh okay yeah um it it's so funny how she presents it and how she's like well I can't go because Miles is gonna be out of town and like she kind of dances around it but then when Dorothy's like weddings get you hot she's like yes it's like it's so like so tangible for her and she knows this about herself and it's so out of character for Rose. But what I love is, um, you know, like any Golden Girls fan, real fan sort of knows that um, Betty White was supposed to originally thought of as a, the Blanche character yeah but it was too close to um Sue Ann Nevins who, who she played on Mary Tyler Moore but I think this is actually a really fun sort of flashback Universal. for people who yeah. watch Mary Tyler Moore to see her yes. being this sort of like sexually pursuant um totally, totally. and I don't know I've, I've actually been watching a little bit of Mary Tyler Moore and I feel like it's fun for me to see her like kind of tap back into this character and I imagine if you were somebody watching in real time who took a minute to get used to Betty White as Rose Nyland. like it's probably yeah. really fun to see her being Betty as Rose as Sue Ann you know like what right. a what a talent
1: <laughs> but that's the point it still has she still has the um the roseness to her yeah because right? she almost like rose doesn't even like understand what's happening like this power <laughs> yeah. you know like what are these feelings in my body you know like that's like that's what it feels like you know what are you saying rose weddings get you hot yes <laughs> she just like like going crazy on each other it's, it's like a hilariously like sexual line for her yeah. to deliver right like that's song mind- of norway the most sexual thing she's ever said yeah <laughs> So yeah, it's really, you know, and just having Rose say that, you know, like, first of all, she's like, did anybody else notice the buns on that priest? Like <laughs> buns is such a hilarious 80s term.
0: Also, you ever <laughs> been to a Catholic wedding? There's not a whole lot of back view of the priest. Well, I think <laughs> I she must not really point. looking. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think, yeah, I think that's the whole idea. There's just like a slight little bump out of the uh, the gigantic drapery that the priest is wearing. So there you go. Right. But um, but yeah, like with her like, oh god, everything about it is like, you know, cocktail wiener, cocktail <laughs> like wiener. Oh my god, hopeful face. <laughs> I mean, holy right. Shit. Holy shit, right? Um, but and also like, you know, we have to we have to get into the jazz thing. But do you like jazz? Um, mostly because, speaking of sexuality and jazz, like uh, our scholar um, Elliot Powell who. We were actually remiss to record on a podcast, but we definitely have a great um, post of his, an interview on enoughwicker.com. But he wrote an amazing scholarly essay basically about the confluence of jazz and sexuality and the Golden Girls and talks a bit about this episode of like where she, she doesn't even know who Dizzy Gillespie is, right? But has this like sexual energy. (laughs) and compulsion that, that like jazz has over her. And like, it's like creates the surroundings for this episode. Um, but yeah, it's really, um, I don't know. I, I, I think Doug plays it. He plays the guy really well, um, because he's a skis, but in that beautiful way that you don't actually know he's a skis. Cause he's like, you know, he's He's on on loan from the Blanche Devereau collection and a and on the A list, right? He's like an it means he's guy, not yeah. Obviously creepy, but he's still creepy, right? Yeah, he's definitely very opportunistic, um, yeah. but also like just the way you know, in the same way that Blanche is unapologetic for being the way he is, uh, she is that he's the same way. Like where it's like. Yeah, Doug, you left here with another woman. How, what makes you think, you know, like you could you can like come back here and say that? He's like, it's still early.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like it honestly it is interesting because like I don't he's definitely like skeezy, but it doesn't really bother me. And it feels very much like, you know, um, Rose has a boyfriend, which I guess he knows about, but also like in that moment she's very consenting. So Yeah, right. He's not really you know i mean know. He, he came with do dorothy so it's not great but it's like yeah right, he's not right. um the bar for men is solo we're like wow someone consented how great what a great guy i know i
1: know he's not obviously skeezy it's oh yeah. my god you can hear ourselves it's ridiculous but yes but doug sucks anyway um because he has that spe- <laughs> because he has the facade of like being a nice guy and then
0: yeah and he's um, like you know he's escorting dorothy he's he's still in a role yeah. um but yeah, I want to quickly talk about Elliot, Elliot Powell's because like, I think jazz and sex or sexuality are pretty inherently linked, especially if you're like, you know, sort of looking into the academia of jazz and the history, whatever. I think like people link those two, but I think Elliot's bringing in the golden girls and like, the whole circle of how jazz and sexuality are still very linked, but also when the golden girls involves jazz, it also involves sexuality on like a different level mm-hmm. is um, it's a really, really interesting piece. Um, and just like something that I feel like I never would have thought about. So I just want to plug, if you haven't read our interview with um, Elliot, you you definitely should. It's really interesting.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And And honestly, this isn't even the most, interesting jazz reference that he brings up right (laughs) exactly you should definitely check it out um yeah basically you can uh check out enoughwicker.com and what jazz sexuality and gender studies have to do with the golden girls so elliot powell kicks ass also if you're a prince fan you need to check him out
0: (laughs) yeah for sure (laughs) um okay so back to the wedding i want to (laughs) also just point out that sophia's outfit is a little like funeral eve like she's got the veil did you notice that, isn't that
1: like, but that's the whole point isn't it like i guess yeah like,
0: it's part of the yeah. curse and
1: you know like she's just mourning the fact that this guy left her at the altar right.
0: yeah that's true <laughs> can we
1: can we also talk about the fact that again i'm skipping around but it's still in the mancha cavallo story like when we get to the end like he also is a great like character and matter of fact guy where he's like it becomes like a story about how he like was trying to actually get out of a small town and not be trapped which i think is really interesting right and especially from like an immigrant <laughs> standpoint kind of thing particularly since he became a fucking multi-millionaire you know whatever whatever that entails right that how, right. <laughs> right but like i i think it's really interesting when he's like you know like leaving you is the hardest thing you ever did blah 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 blah, blah. um and i just think i think it's a good twist of like why he left and i think it's really legit you know like you can totally be in love with someone in your small town or like really care about them and be like yeah i can see this path for me and it would probably be fine because this person is a good person but like holy shit i gotta get out of
0: here! yeah (laughs) and also like the fear of like never being able to leave if you do this like it's like um you know uh uh to to pass the verge in the wood that sort of thing totally
1: totally
0: Yeah. So I I get it. And I also think he's like a very like it's really cute to see him kind of like flattering Sophia and like yeah. Getty like does do it a little bit over the top, but I think it works in this when she's like, I was quite a dish back then. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's really was, cute. Like, I hair. like it a lot. I know. Yeah.
1: Longest legs of any girl in the village. And like, right. really funny <laughs> Five, is, like one. <laughs> Once I know once again, I didn't get that joke until I was older, right? Yeah. We just, like, oh my God. It's like the same idea of like standing on a rock or, you know, the yeah, goat girl would yeah. have been your father. <laughs> um, I also love the, like, you left me with a sullen reputation, but we didn't do anything. And how do you think that made me
0: look? Yeah. <laughs> Really good. So shame to be shame to my family. <laughs> so dramatic.
1: <laughs> but it's really great. I love that they show him picking up his socks, you know, and it's yeah. just like, and I also just love that, like, he, despite the, you know, the oh now I'm gay because I can decide, you know, my sexuality, blah blah blah, based on being rejected, which is such a terrible trope that happens all the time. Yeah, it, uh, you know, and probably still for shitty things getting made um like a you know paul blart mall cop type of movie (laughs) if it was made today i'm sure would have that kind of a a shtick but i do like that he basically is like he sets out to kind of embarrass himself um because like he he just he knows that he kind of owes her right like I, i think it's like oh our paths crossed again and he's just trying to like make up for like a wrong that he did, and he's like, sure, whatever. Like, what do you want me to do? <laughs> like, you know, yeah. you know, like he doesn't. Uh, <laughs> he doesn't actually believe in the curse, really, but like he sort of does. And he's like, what right, can we when he's do? like, I, you
0: know, yeah. When he's like, you can't get away from your roots. I feel like that's the only place where he's kind of like. It's a little like shallow. The acting doesn't quite go yeah, far enough, but I. It
1: doesn't match.
0: I think considering the writers, um, like who the writers were when he's like, from now on, I'm gay. It's It kind of rings of like when Blanche and Dorothy are on the talk show and Blanche is like, I don't mind being labeled a lesbian, but since I'm not, like here are the things. Yeah. Like it, it's not meant to be, I, I, obviously I understand that it's a little bit problematic, but I don't think it's meant to be homophobic. I think it's meant to be like, now no one at this wedding, no heterosexual woman at this wedding think i'm interested in them so like i'm not gonna be dating (laughs) you know like i think it's funny
1: that yeah it is it works it works um so so i really like magical except that you know like i guess it's his grandson it's not his son but like his grandson sucks because the whole thing that comes up of like you know the argument that the lovers have like whatever okay she you know the the bride says it was like he just told me about things that happened at the bachelor party but when they're fighting she goes how could you do that to me and he goes why are you making such a thing
0: yeah it's so silly and I'm also like, you're gonna her about the bachelor party at the wedding you didn't okay, want to look- do this another time even
1: though regardless of what happened at the bachelor party like the dump him line is the why are you making such a thing that is like treating her like a baby like get the fuck out of here dude i was was really irritated by that particular line i was like whatever you could have had like a bunch of prostitutes at this party and you could talk through it but like come on you can't (laughs) Like if you can't have a communication, you know if you can't have actual communication where you're treating each other as equals, that's what I'm saying. So anyway, right? It sucks. So that's fair. Get your grandson in line. Um, the curse. But, <laughs> but in that scene, right where like you got to look at it again, because there is like a bridesmaid that's wearing a wedding veil. <laughs> in the background of that scene when she like when the actual bride storms out to the bathroom you gotta see her.
0: love that they just threw props wherever
1: I, yeah it's just like it's a wedding right yeah. <laughs> it's like so obvious it's like okay it's not just like a strange person holding flowers or something. it's just like wearing a bridal veil i'm like is this supposed to be like her friend got drunk and is wearing her outfit i don't know maybe
0: i'm into that um <sighs> The other thing that rings very wedding y to me is Sophia's immediate pivot from like talking about vengeance to being like, Do you think we're allowed to take on the centerpieces? Right. Like, such <laughs> yeah. typical grandmother to me. <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> oh, God. But, all right. So, you know, after uh, the groom throws a fucking tantrum just because, uh, you know, they're having a terrible conversation at their actual wedding party um this is where the you know the the Dorothy and Blanche storyline sort of overlap with the uh, the other wedding storyline right they run to the bathroom um also this whole idea of like Dorothy talking about like airing out their their grievances in the bathroom is like totally my best friend's wedding <laughs> my best yeah! friend's wedding That scene like totally stole it where it's like, and then she did this. And then she did this. And like all the women like waiting in the bathroom are like, no way. (laughs) (laughs) Then Blanche has to defend herself. Oh my God. It's so fucking funny. But, but I love how Dorothy yanks Blanche to the bathroom because they have to talk about it. It's magnificent.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love it. And the bathroom is so like the sort of like fake marble, you know, it brings so banquet hall to me. Like I am remembering cousins weddings from time past.
1: (laughs) (laughs) For sure. For sure. Oh God. But yeah, I, I really, I enjoy the Blanche having to stand on the toilet (laughs) situation. Um, and where, you know, Dorothy is like talking about everything that that's gone on and like comparing other things she's like not five years of deliberate betrayal of trust
0: Yeah, the banging it's so good it's like a beat
1: (laughs) oh my god it's perfect or like blanche waves at the you know the goddaughter and like oh it's really really fucking funny um the (laughs) (laughs) the resolution is like It's pretty good of like, there's not really a resolution between Dorothy and Blanche and going back to what we were saying earlier about how this is the exact same fight that they always have. It's really just like Dorothy making peace with the fact that they're always going to have this fight. (laughs) She's always going to be irritated by Blanche. I think it's actually brilliant because it's very like how things would go in real life where she talks a lot about having to like accept you know, somebody for who they are and, and, and that's that, you know, it's like, it's up to Dorothy herself, knowing that Blanche is not going to materially change that much. And knowing that Blanche actually still does care about Dorothy in her own way. And like Dorothy, it's up to her to decide whether she wants this friendship and she does, you know? So I think it's just really, I think it's great. And I love that she goes, I hope she can forgive us And uh, speaking about Rose and Dorothy's like, she will, that's what she does best. And I I think that's really, really lovely. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I think that also what I love about this is like, it's often inopportune times that issues like this kind of rise to the surface. And I think in real life, often alcohol is involved and maybe it is here too, but like, <laughs> yeah. you know, often people are having like many breakdowns or many meltdowns at weddings that are not actually about like the thing that's happening in that moment, but it just like, right. Right. You know, triggers. Um, and I feel like with friendship like this, so that totally makes sense. Cause it's not about Doug, right? Like that's the whole thing. It's like, no, Doug exactly. is just a one sort of piece of it. He's um, and I love when Dorothy's like, you have the time, you have the paper, right? Write, write a yeah, lot. Oh my God, I know. <laughs> that's
1: so great. So good. You don't look after me when I got hot. That's cause I also have a day job.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I also like, it's so Dorothy. It's such a good friend. To be like, I'm pissed off at Blanche. Like, I'm expressing it, whatever. But actually, like, we weren't there for Rose in the way that we're supposed to be there for Rose. And, like, Blanche kind of has it. You know, but she's still unable to not put Blanche first you know when she's like what i need is a good talking to it's like <laughs> i love it so great yeah i love I it but- what you say
1: so long as you care enough to say it you, you stink, stink. <laughs> <laughs> so good what a great line <laughs> again that that scene is them working through an argument right it's not it's not done yet and it's getting to a resol a resolution but it does not become resolved it's right it, you know, it doesn't figure itself out. And I, I actually see the conversation that they have in Journey to the Center of Attention as just an addendum to this exact, it's almost like picking up where it left off of like uncovering new feelings. Whereas like this whole thing is about Blanche's selfishness and, you know, like keeping, th- keeping sort of happiness away from Dorothy. And then the next part of this that we really see, at least in a deep way, Is or a hyper focused like (laughs) storyline way is that you know when when Dorothy finds her and makes her own happiness, which Bland sees within her territory, she flips it around and gets jealous and sort of understands a little bit more about where Dorothy was coming from in this episode. So I I love it, I and I love that they're they're connected, and I love that the bathroom is where (laughs) a lot of the conversation is
0: true, it's very true to life. (laughs) I know
1: it's really hilarious, but. Oh my gosh. But yeah, it's really, it's it's very exciting um, that this, like, I don't know. The the argument is really excellent um, in the way that it flows. And, and and it's so realistic. It's just not, you know, like, <laughs> Dorothy's pouring her heart out and Blanche is just like, sorry,
0: I, I thought I established eye contact. <laughs> yeah, no interest. Um, also, how about Curses Over? <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> Curses Over. Oh, good.
1: (laughs) Once again, as we always say, like written on the page, kind of funny. The delivery is umpteenth times funnier.
0: I know, right? Like just figuring out the speed at which to deliver a couple words is really like, I feel like there's kind of a, um, it's like a a joke. It's also
1: where you're looking. It's how she's walking. It's It's all
0: all of it. It's like, no, there's kind of a joke. I feel like that comes up in a lot of TV shows, like about actors, like in Thirty Rock or something like that, where it's like, oh, yeah. anybody can act, like anybody can do it. And like, I just feel like sometimes, I'm like, I don't think that's true. Like, so no. this is like such intuitive <laughs> delivery that I, I would be like, curse is over, curse is over, <laughs> curse <laughs> is over. <laughs> I'm not an actor.
1: <laughs> or you might say like, curse is over, and then it's, right, like, but it's not, it's not as good yeah. as funny. Exactly, it's, they can't make it as good. So. <laughs> But yeah, this one, it's just very fulfilling. I think, you know, especially rewatching it, I absolutely stand by it being a great introductory episode, because while we just talked about how it connects to so many other themes throughout the series, like it gives you a really good idea of relationships between the characters, um, as well as like, you know, even if you are seeing, because even if you see this episode in isolation, you understand that Rose isn't this horny all the time right
0: exactly (laughs) like you understand it's
1: her out of her element
0: (laughs) she also has the day job (laughs) yeah exactly exactly
1: oh boy um i do want to call attention to two lines we didn't mention uh which is there's a thin line between having a good time and becoming an obvious wanton slut i know my toe's (laughs) been on that line Because like, again, the Blanche self-awareness always gets me. It's always it's great.
0: It's so good. I also want to say that in ninth grade, that was wanton was a vocab word and I oh, knew it and I struggled, you know, I had to write it in Did a you sentence. know it from this episode? Yeah, I knew it because I Perfect. looked it up and I like one of the requirements is like write a sentence with it. And I was like, oh man, I really wish I could use this I know. dialogue.
1: <laughs> Which, my favorite line in the Golden Girls is.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, thanks oh, Ms. God. King.
1: I know, right? The other part I wanted to say was when Blanche is complaining that her date cancels like an appendix, last minute ep- appendectomy. And she's like, Blanche, it was his appendix. <laughs> it's another, it's a good twist. It's, it's nice.
0: The last time I dated a doctor, so many complaints yeah. about that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh gosh. Like it's really, you know, as opposed to like, we talked about last uh, episode where like penis envy is like not a great, like, it's just like a joke that the writers wanted to include, and it's like worked in really difficult, like <laughs> yeah. in a difficult way. Um, I feel like the the like turnaround joke about like complaining about a doctor doing a last minute or having a last minute appendectomy, but it's actually him having it is extra funny. It's like it works really well, <laughs> as yeah. As opposed
0: to the Charles Schultz thing, yeah, yeah, it's like a step further than like the surgeon is his mother <laughs> yeah exactly that's He's what patient. i mean it's like a twist it's
1: like a twist yeah. somebody thought of and they worked it in very brilliantly yeah <laughs> oh god all right do you have anything else no that's it all right that's our. that concludes our horse eater episode <laughs> join us next time we're going to discuss temptations concerts and the election of a horse for water commissioner <laughs> a lot of horse going on <laughs> yeah exactly take care everybody